Hello and welcome to It's Me, Oddly. And if you haven't guessed, it's me, Oddly. I am still feeling a little awkward about introducing myself. Maybe the introduction of myself will change, but so far I like it. I just feel a little weird. I hope you're having a lovely day, evening, night, whatever time it is you're listening to this. Um, yeah. Um, I'm doing okay. I had a pretty pleasant day. And now we're here, and we're gonna get into today's episode, which is going to be about self-grieving. Now, self-grieving is something that I'm relatively new to, I feel. I didn't realize that was something I could do. I didn't realize that I could mourn for parts of myself and I didn't realize that the hurt part of me was just that. It was hurt because there was someone I thought that I would become and there was someone that I thought I would be at a certain time that just didn't come to exist and I was hurt by that but I didn't know what that hurt was for a very long time. I think that I realized I was grieving, honestly, maybe a year or two ago. And I would just, like, feel so pitiful just thinking about the person that I could have become if I just had this accommodation. If I had realized this was going on with me, but I can't be that person. And that hurt because it's not like I could go back into the past and change everything. I would think about that all the time. Like, think about, gosh, if I could just go back in time and just give this younger version of myself the tools that they need to go forward and be okay, I would do it. But time travel, as far as we know, just isn't a thing. Well, going backward, technically, if you think about it, you're always traveling through time going forward anyway um (laughs) I couldn't go back in time I couldn't go back and change what I wanted to change because I knew better now you know I knew that I knew what tools I needed at that time and I learned all the nuances of myself that I didn't know then that I could have found very helpful at the time it just ate me up that I couldn't fix everything by just going back it hurt so much and I wanted it so bad even though logically I knew that that just wasn't the case it was never going to be the case it was very hard for me to accept that there are just some things that cannot be changed. I can only go forward. And I would tell myself that. I would tell myself that I can only go forward. I can't keep looking in the past. But that didn't change how I felt and how badly I wanted to. I realize now, especially because I um, I talked to my therapist. And he mentioned that grief should not be put on a timeline 
if you need to grieve for a few months, you grieve for a few months. If you need to grieve for a few years, you grieve for a few years. Both are totally valid and okay. As long as you are, you know, putting in the work and the effort to try to move forward. And with grieving for myself, I guess I was doing that. Because I came to those realizations because I was putting in the work. And because I was working to change, you know, these and understand those parts of myself. But, you know, like meeting myself and meeting parts of myself that had been there that whole, this whole time. It's like, what do you mean you've been here this whole time? I could have helped you and you were here and I didn't do anything. You know, like it, it just tore me up as I as I mentioned. I just didn't know what to do with that. I didn't give myself the compassion that I needed to give myself at the time. I just, I was stuck in this cycle of self-pity that I just could not get out of. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure that I understood that I was pitying myself. I was just like, I wish I could go back and change this and do that and, you know, you know, things like that. But I didn't really process it as self-pity at the time. I didn't realize that what I needed to do was change my mindset and, you know, be gentler with myself. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I learned to kind of speak to the younger version of myself and you know finally give that part of myself the care and gentleness that I needed at that point now and though it doesn't change what has already happened it's healing to finally hear those things that I needed to hear from an adult and that adult is me It's like, hey, you're okay. Not everyone's going to understand you. You are going to achieve your dreams. You can do anything that you set your mind to. The things that have happened to you are not your fault. Those are things that I needed to hear at a younger age that I gave to myself as an older person. And again, it doesn't change what has already happened The past is just that, the past, and you can't alter it in any way, shape, or form, no matter how much you want to, but you can heal from the hurt and pain that happened at that point in time. It isn't easy, (laughs) that's something I said a lot in the first episode, but it's worth it, and it's scary. I don't think I mentioned that. In the first episode, how hard it is and scary it is to, like, really turn around and be like, hey, person that exists in so much pain, I'm here to talk to you, even though I've been avoiding you for all this time. Like, that's scary. Meeting yourself is scary. Getting to know yourself is so scary. Because it's like getting to know a stranger but a stranger that you feel like you're supposed to know 
it's so weird. I can best link it to a personal experience of mine. Um, my dad and how it feels like he's a stranger, but he's not supposed to be. And I don't know how to talk to him. And so it's scary trying to talk to him and trying to get to know him because it all feels topsy-turvy and weird and I don't know like how to approach it or to approach him and talk to him and get to know him. It's just very difficult for me. And that's what it feels like trying to get to know myself and understanding myself, being compassionate to myself. And that's what made it so hard to do in the beginning. But it took practice. Practice to be gentle with myself, compassionate. But it helped to imagine the younger version of myself. Because I can't be mean to that kid. That kid's just a kid. And I know how that kid feels because I am that kid. Psychotherapist Veronica Vargas, MHCLP, wrote an article titled Self-Grieving, Steps for Mourning Your Past Self and Living More Authentically. In the article, she says, In order to break free from what no longer serves us, we need to look inward and honor the pain that we have been holding. I really resonated with that because that's something I had learned. Like Because I, I recently read the article, but I've been putting in the work. And... Breaking free from what no longer serves us is hard. It's not. I think that's going to be a big theme of this podcast, like addressing things that are difficult. Because it's almost like, yeah, this thing is no longer serving me. I am no longer comfortable doing this thing that has gotten me so far. But I know it. I understand it. I know what it is. I know the outcome as The old saying goes, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. It's though you're uncomfortable, you're familiar. And sometimes it's easier for yourself to pick familiarity and discomfort than to go into the unknown and possibly still end up being uncomfortable, if not more uncomfortable than you would be if you just stayed in the same position. But... Letting go of what no longer serves you in the process of self-grieving, I think, is really important because it will lighten the load. It will take some of those rocks out of your pocket. And like the quote says, you, you let go the pain and being in pain sucks. <laughs> no other way to put that really it's like yeah no being in pain freaking sucks you know um as i mentioned um therapy has been very helpful throughout this journey so if that's something that you have access to in any way shape or form um i highly recommend it though i've done a lot of work on my own i feel that therapy put a lot of it in perspective speaking to an unbiased you know, outside party was helpful. And then, you know, the therapist I speak to is a trained professional. And, you know, my therapist is someone I I generally just vibe with. And we, you know, 
because we have good, you know, a good rapport with each other, like talking and breaking things down is easier because we understand each other. So that's it's not easy to find because, you know, at the end of the day, therapists are people. And if you can't vibe with your therapist as a person, then that that just probably shouldn't be your therapist. And though I've I've been pretty lucky as far as like finding good therapists, I know that's not the case for everybody. It can be annoying and difficult to go to a therapist, unload all this heavy stuff, and then realize, wow, I don't want to see this person. On to the next therapist, and then you do it again. And it's like, okay, I don't like this one either. On to the next one. I can see how that can be very annoying and draining. To give another personal example, it's not related to therapy necessarily, but um, I've been in the ER a lot, and every time they're like, yeah, no, we don't know what's wrong with you, man. You're just uh, just weird. Like, they don't tell me I'm weird, but you know what I mean. And it's like, I keep going back. I keep ending up in the ER, and they're like, nothing's wrong with you. I keep getting poked and prodded. I keep um, having them run the same tests, look at my heart, have me pee in a cup, do all these tests, give me Ativan and make me all loopy and confused. Some I've cried a couple of times because I've been so confused. It's a lot. I'm actually at a point now where I'm at a point where I really don't even want to go to the doctor anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm, but I, I'm fighting that feeling very hard because I know that I need to go. And I know that I'm hopefully on the right track to being closer to understand what the heck is going on with my body. Just like mental health stuff physical stuff is important too and it's not going to always be easy and it's going to be draining and it sucks that it I'm not gonna lie I'm getting frustrated just talking about it it's been a, a long journey but that's not what this episode is about not only have I um imagined my younger self I also envision my shadow self, you know, the the parts of me that are deemed undesirable and quote unquote shouldn't be seen by other people. I don't know what made me do it, but I just thought that it would be helpful. You know, my, my train of thought was, well, if talking to the younger versions of myself has been healing for me, maybe talking to my shadow self could also be healing for me. And so I gave it a shot. And oddly enough, haha, I said the thing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, weirdly enough, like, I found it to be a lot harder a lot more difficult to try to talk to my shadow self because it was like oh hey these are all the things you've ever thought were wrong with you how you doing with my younger self it's like that's a kid and 
I'm not going to be mean to a fucking kid, you know? But my shadow self is just present me, but in black clothes. Because that's how I imagined it. I don't know why that's what my brain chose. I rolled with it. But yeah, um, and so, like, essentially, almost, it was like looking in a mirror, really. It's like, oh yeah, this is me really meeting myself right now. And it's like, oh, hey, <laughs> I've been trying to hide from you and in general just hide you. And now we're confronting each other. How's it going? So very, very weird um, to do that. But once I like really got into it and really looked at those parts of myself that you know, that I did deem unworthy or unlovable. I looked at them for what they really were. And I learned that a lot of those parts, nothing was ever wrong with them. People said something was wrong with them because they didn't like how abnormal I was in whatever aspect that may have been to them. And I just have always been someone who, from what I can tell, I've always made people, I guess, uncomfortable. And I don't really know why. Could be the whole being neurodivergent thing. Who knows? I've heard that from a couple of people. They have that experience. That could be why. But because of that, I, you know, I have had a hard time being myself and I just kind of shoved most parts of me away and so when I like finally really like looked at those parts of myself it was like wow you're actually not that bad if anything you're just hurt and essentially like with my shadow self and my younger self younger versions of myself that I would have quote-unquote conversations with it was almost like gentle parenting it was kind of like okay hey little human i love you you're a star keep up the good work kind of energy and like having really heavy talks with those younger versions of myself very weird in the sense of like oh wow i'm a mom now but i'm a mom to myself uh i'm non-binary but mom sounds right to me I don't know. Uh, anybody else feel like that? If you're, you know, non-binary, but you're like, hey, mom sounds good, or this feminine thing, I relate to it. It's it's a weird thing. That that should be something to talk about at a later date. Gentle parenting myself has been warm. That's the best word I can use to describe what it's been like to gentle parent myself. It's been a very warm experience. And I feel so loved. And just comforted. It's nice. I highly recommend it if you ever get to that point where you're comfortable with that. Give yourself a little gentle parenting. Or just gentleness in general. I don't know. Take yourself out to a nice restaurant. Buy yourself some cute shoes. Buy the world's largest taffy. Whatever really butters your biscuits, you know. I would get the taffy. That sounds cool. 
Like, not even to eat it. Like, just to have it. Like, yeah, I own the world's largest taffy. No big deal. Where is this going? Um, <laughs> um, a big thing. <laughs> Still thinking about taffy. But, yeah. What I noticed, like, like looking back, because, you know, again, research. But looking back, I realized that a big part of why it took me so long to move forward in my self-grieving process I did a lot of distracting like I would um you know look into literally anything like I'm talking just going on YouTube watching the most random stuff like you know those video essays got really really into those and I would watch bunches of those I would play video games just just anything to distract myself reading not novels i was reading fan fiction why did i i almost lied i almost lied there's no reason to lie it's 2023 baby people read fan fiction am i gonna disclose what i was reading that's none of your damn business anyway <laughs> that's a little too personal we do not need to be that close anyhow i was just doing anything to distract myself and to just not be aware of what I was feeling and the fact that I was grieving because it was uncomfortable of course I'd want to distract myself you know I would you know ask myself why was I running because I was very aware of it my thing is though I will you know do that thing where I like kind of try to run away from my problems I will eventually turn around and be like wait why am I running what why why am I doing this because I, I guess I'm just nosy. I don't know. But yeah, I would ask myself like, babes, what's going on? Why are you running? What's going on? You know, like, why are you running from yourself and running from your truth? And I wouldn't really be able to answer the question, but I wouldn't stop asking myself the same question. Why am I running? Why am I running? What am I running from? You know, and like, though I didn't have an answer, I just kept coming back to the question. Like, for the life of me, I, I guess I just really very badly wanted to know. I wanted to know why I was at this point of like, what are you running from, dude? And why don't you want to face it? It wasn't until the, I think it's because I asked myself the questions that I later got the answers. But I noticed that I would get the answers when I wasn't even thinking about the question. It would just hit me. And I would like be like, oh, okay. Or I would like write it down or, you know, like jot notes. Cause sometimes I'll do that. Like with research I do about like self healing and improving, sometimes I'll just write notes cause I don't want to forget it. It's like once I understand something about myself, and especially if I'm excited, I want to write it down. I have to write it down. I have to know that I know. And so I have to, like, make a note of it. I think it's kind of like when, you know, your teacher are like, yeah, write this down in your own words because they want to know that if you can explain it to yourself, then you understand it type of thing. I think that's what my brain is, like, trying to get me to do when I really want to jot down things that I'm, like, learning about myself. Yeah, so that's that's just something I would do. Um, and I, I constantly started working on my self-talk too. I think that really helped with 
the um grieving i think that it really got me a step closer to being more comfortable with myself um i think this is another thing that i talked about in the last episode um just being more comfortable you know saying nice things to myself and i think that that also turns around to the gentle parenting because the gentle parenting led me to be someone who said kind things to my younger self since younger self got it older self has it and because older self has it I can just in general speak kindly to myself you know and you know making my making sure that like I you know affirm my truths like like if I catch myself feeling the need to be like I'm unlovable I would catch myself and say no I'm not unlovable I'm actually very much loved at this point in my life by my family and my friends and I have people that genuinely care about me and want to be around me and to who who think I'm funny and cool you know I would do that uh developing compassion for myself was super important and developing a better way to talk to myself also very important Cause now I I think I'm the coolest person ever, and I like me. I like being around me. I think I'm funny. I think I'm interesting. I think I'm beautiful. Now I I think I know I know these things about myself. I genuinely believe them, and I don't care if anyone else believes it because who cares? I'm me, and I think me is pretty damn great. Like <laughs> whatever, dude. I think. I'm the bee's knees. And yeah, I say things like bee's knees. Who cares? I like it. <laughs> but yeah. And um, you know what was like really important though? Learning how to get out of survival mode. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that one. Cause like, you know, when you do it for so long, you know, be in survival mode, you don't even realize that you're doing it you don't realize that that's no way to live it kind of hits you like a freight train one day at least that's how it was for me it was like oh hey um just so you know you're not really living you're just surviving and you're doing the bare minimum just to get through every day it's like thank you for telling me that 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 came out of nowhere but thanks man that was a lot okay and so you just kind of like have to deal with that and learn what that means because it's like this idea was presented to me right it's like yeah people live in survival mode and they do this this and this and I'm like oh that sounds familiar but of course I'm not gonna like process the fact that I do that and that's me I'm like that's pretty interesting isn't it slowly I start to realize like oh wait mm I, I see why that's familiar now, because it's like, haha, I do that, you know, and um, it's like, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do that anymore, because that's no way to live, and then you have to unlearn what that means, what does that mean now, like, how do I chill, essentially, I think a big part of getting out of survival mode for me was being in the present, because um, me in survival mode is hypervigilant. And hypervigilant me is like very much 
not only worried about the past, but also very much worried about the future and is always freaking out. I'm still always freaking out, but not as bad. And like, (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm better about it. I try to be less nervous. I just have a lot of energy. I think, I honestly think that's what it is. Hypervigilance was a big part of survival mode for me and just like feeling like I need to be aware at all times feeling like I need to know my surroundings at all times I didn't realize like this goes as far back as like I'm thinking about like elementary school when I would um I would prefer to sit in the back of the class with my back to the wall and nobody behind me because I wanted to know what was going on around me from every angle. I wanted to know what was happening in front of me, on the side of me, and I wanted to be sure that nothing and no one was behind me. Which, when you think about it, it's like something could technically happen. Like, something could come through the wall. But that wasn't my thought process. Like, okay, I'm against the wall. That means I can see the entire classroom. And because I can see the entire classroom, I feel safe. That's not a normal thought, now is it? I don't know. I it doesn't sound like a healthy thought, that's for sure. Like that's that's big. <laughs> and so like I had to like learn how to like I guess get out of that and like do it less. I think I still do it sometimes. You know, I maybe that's just a part of being human, you know. Like sometimes you feel like you need to be very much aware of your surroundings for whatever reason. But feeling like you need to be hyper-vigilant while you're in your bed is a bit much and very overwhelming. So I thought maybe that was something I had to get in check, and I did. Honestly, I don't know how I did it. I will be honest with you. I guess I just did it. You know, I did what I had to do. Forgiving myself was a big part of this process, I feel, too. Because um, I had to forgive myself for not becoming the person I thought I would be. I honestly thought that by this point in time, by like 24, 25, which I now realize is wild because life is only just beginning. But I wanted to like be married with a house, 2.5 kids, yada, 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 you know, the whole American dream. I realized now that's not even something I want for several different reasons i just want to vibe and chill and vibe don't know about you guys if you want to do the whole quote-unquote american dream thing get into it but i realized that wasn't even something i wanted that was just something that i was told i was supposed to want and i had to forgive myself for not becoming that version of myself though i realized i didn't want it i still had that idea of it being success I saw it as oh that's peak success I'm I have a normal nine to five office type job and I have a home and a person and kids and a dog and so now I've hit peak success and I realized that um yeah no that's not going to be the same for everybody and that's not even my thing so you know probably should rework that and forgive myself 
for not becoming a person that I don't even want to be. And forgive myself for not accomplishing dreams at a time, a time frame, I guess I want to say, that I thought that I would. Because that's okay. That That's fine. Like, everything happens for a reason. Everyone's on their own journey. Some people don't do something extraordinary until they're 80. That's cool. If I don't do anything extraordinary until I'm 80, that's fine. I just want to make sure that I'm okay and that I'm happy. That's what I've come to realize. I just want to be happy and I want to feel content and I want to feel secure. Those are very important to me. Making sure that not only I'm okay, but the people around me are okay. My loved ones are okay and they're happy. Those are the things that matter to me above all else. To move in love and in kindness and to just try to do right by me and others. Because that's really all I can ask from myself. I can't expect that from other people, but I can expect it from me. And I know that I can always try to put my best foot forward when doing anything. And that's all I can do. You know, I just want to be the best version of me, the kindest version of me. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of It's Me Oddly. It has been so much fun getting into this podcast and just creating this. I feel like it's something that I'm truly making from the heart. And I feel like I've really found my calling. I'm just glad to be here and I'm glad you're with me on this journey. You can find me on most socials at Oddly Cozy Cottage. You can also find me on Twitter at Oddly Cottage because someone stole my name and I will get my vengeance. That's a joke. Or is it? It's a joke. Don't even worry about it. I like being oddly cottage. But yeah, I hope that you have a really great day, night, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. And just keep going, man. You got this.